Greetings and welcome to the broadcast. I am your host, Maggie Cavanaugh. I'm here today with my brother in Christ, Pastor Mark. Uh, Mark. Pastor Mark has got an amazing story that you definitely want to hear. So I encourage you to share this out with your friends and family, co-workers, neighbors, anybody that needs a word of encouragement, especially when it comes to the area of forgiveness. I call it the F word because so many people think it's a bad thing. You know, they're just like, oh, they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to think about it. It's too painful. But not only did he go through a forgiveness journey, he took it a step further and wrote a book called Forgiving the Nightmare. Now, I don't know about y'all, but that's a pretty good title. So, Pastor Mark, welcome to the broadcast. Well, thank you. It's an honor to be here with you, and it's just a blessing to be able to share my testimony. Thank you so much. I have seen your testimony on several platforms, and it's an honor for me to have you on the show. Uh, for those of you that were waiting to see him last Monday, I do apologize. I was under the weather, and he graciously allowed me to reschedule. So we are going to talk a little bit tonight about the book, but I really want you guys to purchase this book, and I don't want you to purchase one copy. And the reason is, is because there are a lot of people out there that struggle with forgiveness. And many times we think that our pain is like the worst pain ever. And I'm not nullifying your pain, okay? Uh, I've been through trauma. Pastor Mark's been through trauma. We understand the depths of that. But the liberty and freedom in Christ that comes from forgiveness is something that we have to do in order to walk in our own freedom. So, Pastor Mark, obviously, the, the trauma that you endured happened many, many years ago. And just give them a little snippet, because I want them to get the book, but give them just a little bit of snippet about the years of abuse. Sure. My my years of my abuse happened from the ages of 7 to 14. I was horribly abused by my mother's husband. He would come into my home, and he would abuse me in every way, shape, and form. He would physically, emotionally, verbally, sexually, in every way he could. He burnt my body, stabbed me, and sold me to others for his own pleasure and perversion. So those seven years of my life as a young boy to growing up to adolescence, I was confused. I was angry. I was frustrated. I was just lost. But really probably the thing that I felt most in those years from seven to 14 was just numb. Numb is probably the easiest word to explain it, to try to put a frame around it. If you would, it was just simply numb. Uh, I didn't have a feeling. I was just empty. The the perversion and the abuse became my everyday expression, not because I wanted it to, because it was forced upon me. Yeah, that's definitely whenever you are young and you someone that you're supposed to trust because someone in your family has trusted this individual violates you in such a way, uh, it brings on a whole level of things that... Um, can really affect the growth period. You know, seven years old, that is so very young. It so did, did your abuser come off as being that this is a norm and this is what love is? Or was it the, the flip side of that? Because usually either they manipulate you into thinking that this is the way it's supposed to be, or they come in with threats of darkness. And if you tell, you know, these people that you love are going to get hurt. Did you experience that as well? Exactly. You know, let me just step back. The years of my abuse was 1977 to 1984. So you can figure out how old I am. But I think I came from that last generation where they kind of kept things behind closed doors. You never let the yeah. dirty laundry out. Everybody put the plastic smile on. We handled everything as families. 
Well, my mom came from brokenness and hurt, and she did what her generation taught her to do, which was wrong. And and but it was like no one ever talked about it. There wasn't cell phones, there wasn't online media, there wasn't places you could go. So when these things happened, it was always kind of in the in, in the home, in that privateness. You never wanted anybody to know. And I came out of that last generation, I think, without the awareness or the support that we find today. And you're right. I was groomed. I didn't know what that word meant. I found out what that word meant many years later. But I was groomed by my abuser. And my abuser did tell me those things. That that it didn't tell me it was love. He said, if if anything happens, it's going to be your fault. If if I if you you'll be in trouble. They'll take you away. Uh, you'll be the one that causes the pain. So, and like anybody that gets groomed, unfortunately, the abuser makes it your fault. Makes it your problem makes it your, your, your the reason why it's happening in the abuser's um, language. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it comes back to just like the lie of the enemy, the accuser of the brethren. It's always your fault, you know, and you fell yeah. short and so forth. And so it just, it reeks with all of that. At what age did you start to say, wait, this is not, you know, at some point I know, uh, and I don't want to give away so much because I want them to read the book, but how did that, when did you get a real revelation of, okay, this has got to stop? Well, at 14 years old, I, I got big enough. I got brave enough to fight off my attacker. Uh, I realized this perversion, this numbness, this ugliness, this, this sin. I didn't know it was called that, but you know, this, what was happening to me was wrong. Uh, so yeah. at 14, I thought, okay, if you come to me, I'm going to take my pound of flesh, if you would. So I became, I grew in stature. I grew and I could, uh, I could fight off my attacker. But another thing happened at 14. I found my defender. I, I told my mother's brother, my uncle, what was happening to me. And of course he defended me with his love, with his time, with his words, with his action. So not only the two events of me getting stronger and being able to fight off my attacker, but then finding my defender, those were the two primary reasons why the abuse stopped at 14. Wow. I love that because of the fact that, you know, we all need affirmation and encouragement and for a, for males as well as females, but for males, they need a strong role model in their life. And your, your uncle really stood up for you. And that is a wonderful thing. You later, did you later went to live with them, right? I did. I did. Uh, right when the abuse all came to the head and all that fall out from that. And I'm sure you're anybody's wrestled with these type of traumas, understand that kind of fallout. But yes, I went and went and lived with my uncle. He took me in and I lived, I lived with him. Yep. So obviously being a pastor, you found the Lord somewhere along the line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know many times whenever we've gone through a lot of trauma, it's hard for us to connect with the Lord. Can you tell us about your salvation experience? Yeah, you know, I was 16 years old. So what, you know, 20 months, the summer of 15, 16 years old. Uh, so, you know, 20 months, 18 months after the final uh, abuse that took place to my body. And I went to an apartment complex and there was a lifeguard. And she invited me to go to church with her. And to be honest, I was a young man and she was a pretty girl. And I would have went anywhere she asked me. And her and her boyfriend came and picked me up at church that night. Uh, so I, I walked into a youth group where, uh, you know, the pastor spoke in ways I could understand. Uh, the young people uh, liked the same things I liked. We all had mullets. It was the 80s. 
It was the rule. I know. So I found a place to connect. I found people that heard my heart and, and connected with me. And I'll never forget that happened on a Wednesday night. Remember Wednesday night youth groups? Well, that happened on a Wednesday night. And Friday, that youth group was going out hiking a mountain. And in my mind, that Friday morning, that Saturday morning, excuse me, that Saturday morning, we had five or six cars. What could have been felt like a million cars beeping horns and calling me down. And I found acceptance. They loved me. They waited for me. They made room for me. And that community that accepted me taught me the love of God. And because of that, uh, somebody asked me that on their way home that night. Uh, Mark, do you want to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? I didn't even understand probably the depth of that prayer I said that day. Uh, come to know it as the sinner's prayer. But you know what? Jesus knew the depth of it, and he's held me to that, and he's walked with me the whole life. Now, I wish I could tell you the moment I said that prayer, everything became perfect. That was just the beginning of forgiving the nightmare. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. And, you know, so many times, I mean, we become, our, our spirit comes alive and we become born again, but our soul still has a lot of boo-boos and a lot of stuff to go through to get healing from and restoration. And our mind and our will is just going crazy. And then, of course, there's an element of spiritual warfare that comes in, you know, course, because before... You know, the enemy had you in his corner. He had already traumatized you and, you know, all of that. And so now he's, you know, they probably had to deal with some warfare as a result of that because now you're breaking free sure. from the chains. Sure. That's right. That's right. And, and, you know, and one of the first casualties of trauma, no matter what the trauma is, the first casualty, I think, and there's many casualties, but we have our trust taken. You know, when you've had so much trauma in your life, the kind of trauma that affects you for the rest of your life, the kind of trauma that doesn't just hurt your body, but steals your value, your dignity and your self-respect and changes you, uh, your trust gets stolen. And then we come to know Jesus Christ and his love. And he says, trust me. And you don't know how to trust. You don't even know if you want to trust. And God starts building that trust up again, slowly by slowly, precept by precept, little bit after a little bit. So again, I believe today God's done a great work and he's helped me forgive those who trespass against me. But that wasn't the first day. The first day God said, Mark, just learn to trust me. I didn't start this journey off saying, I want to forgive. I started this journey off saying, I want more of God. I want the real yes. God. I grew up in a home of abuse and lies and deception. I didn't want to have a religion full of um man's rules. I wanted to know God. So in finding God, he brought me on this journey. It had its ups, its downs, its tears, its struggles. Uh, one step forward, two steps back. But today I can tell you only by the grace of God and only in the grace of God, I can tell you I've forgiven those who have trespassed against me. Amen. Amen. I love that um, you're reciting the Lord's Prayer. For those of you that might be watching this, if you're not a Christian and you want to know more about Jesus, you reach out to me or Mark. We will talk to you all about the love of God. But uh, <laughs> the, the, the prayer that he is talking about, you know, I got a revelation. I was teaching on forgiveness last fall. Actually, no, again in spring. Anyway, whenever I got to that part, and I know I've read the scripture over and over. I, I grew up Catholic, so it was recited on a regular basis. Sure, and sure. when it got to that, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those. And I'm thinking, God, do I really want you to forgive me the way I've been forgiving people? Because <laughs> that whole forgiveness thing 
You know, we can say with our mouth, oh, well, I forgive them. But yet we don't take it a step further and ask the Lord to forgive them or to take it, have empathy or understanding uh, that our abusers more than likely had been abused. Um, you know, at some point in time that, you know, we have to take, you know, not not, not saying it's okay at all, no, at no, all. No, that's right. But, you know, I was going to say forgiveness does not mean you're letting somebody off the hook. Because That's I right. forgave somebody doesn't mean I don't seek justice. If somebody right. has done something illegal or immoral or criminal, I might forgive yes. you, but doesn't mean I release you from the injustice that you've yes. done. And I think sometimes right. we've kind of said, hey, you know, I forgive and forget. Let me tell you, I'll never forget that my yeah. body was ravished because of a lustful, sinful person. I know that's a part of my narrative, but it does not have to be my identity. My identity's Amen. changed because God has changed me. It's true. I've been stabbed, beat, burnt. I was prostituted to other men to, abeat, to abuse my body at such a young age. So to say I could forget that would not be, if I said it to you, I forgot it, I would not be lo logical. I would not be intellectually honest. But I ain't. I do know that God has delivered me and made me new. You know, in that same prayer, the Lord's Prayer, he says, give us this day our daily bread and help us forgive those who try. I believe forgiveness for me is a daily thing. And there's times yes. where it's daily, right? I got to wake up. Your mercies are made new every day. So I know there's good days and bad days. I have triggers just like anybody else who's been through trauma, but I don't let my past own me. You know, I've said it like this before that I was waiting for the day I'd wake up and my past would be all gone. Those familiar lies and hurts would be erased. To be honest right. with you, that it hasn't happened. I still wake up and those familiar lies try to creep in. What happened is God became bigger. God's word and God's spirit became bigger than all that hurt. And I don't say that lightly. That pound of flesh, that pound of insecurity, that pound of pain, that's a huge Everest that was about my life all the time. And it casted its shadow on everything I did. But coming to know Christ, following God, not because I wanted something, because I wanted to know God. That's what I wanted. In knowing God and seeking God, I learned to let God become bigger than all my fears and all my pains. Some days are better than others, but that's what happens. When God becomes bigger. God becomes bigger. Yes. Amen. Amen. We have to choose to remember that we forgot <laughs> or we choose to remember that we forgave. You know, we have to remind ourselves that no, I choose today to walk in forgiveness because right. if we continue to, you know, I like the old saying, I, I can't remember who originally coined phrased it, but the first time I heard, it, I think it was Joyce Meyer like years ago. And it was unforgiveness is like drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. Oh, and wow, so yeah. we are responsible um, to, and accountable to the Lord and to the word of God. And who are we whenever the entire Christian faith is based on forgiveness Amen. for us Amen. to hold on to that? I mean, Jesus went to the cross for our forgiveness. And That's who right. are we to say, no, I'm just not going to forgive that, you know, That's or right. it's too hard. You know, what you went through was incredibly hard, you know, <laughs> and devastating. However, what the enemy has meant for harm, God has turned around for good because now other people are, that are out there that are experiencing abuse can say, okay, wait, Pastor Mark made it through. I can too. I can sure. tell someone. 
I can get out of the situation and so forth. So I'm just so grateful that you came at 14, you know, said, hey, no more. No more. That's right. No more. And, and, and you know, in my story, I want to be very genuine in, and I don't want to super spiritualize it. Now it's full of spiritual laws and disciplines in God, but I don't want to make it sound like it was easy. It was a difficult, hard journey to die to self and to pick up the yes. cross and to take the victim mentality and to take the blame game. I understand that. So I don't say, hey, I went to church. I threw two bucks in the plate. I said a prayer and everything was perfect. I went to Bible college. I preached the gospel. I stood and proclaimed the truth. And I still wrestled with unforgiveness because of the pains that were caused in my life. It was only through a, a walk. You know, David said sometimes we have to walk through the valley. I believe God can heal in an instant. But some of us will get healed through going through the journey. Uh, and my healing came in the journey. My healing came step by step, precept by precept, inch by inch, little by little. So it wasn't this one moment. It was many moments, many, many crying out that, and I was honest and I was real. I was real with God. So, you know, I don't want to make it so spiritual. Hey, I'm a pastor and everything's perfect. No, I'm a real guy. And I wept and I got angry and I shook my hands to heaven. I asked God all the hard questions. If you're a loving God, then why? Where were you? I asked God all those things. But it was an honest and genuine journey that if we hold on to God, he'll bring us through. Amen. Amen. And I firmly believe that, that it is in the journey that we get layers. It's like I, I use the analogy when I teach women, I'll cut an onion in half and you can see all those little layers. And some of them are real thick. Those are the really hard things to forgive. And some of them are really thin, the easier things to give and you know, forgive. And so it's like God will peel off a layer and we'll get some healing and we'll think, yeah, okay, all right, this is working. And then all of a sudden we're triggered or something happens and it's like, bam, you know, right back to that. And then another layer comes off. He is faithful to always do that. So, I mean, as far as, I love the title of your book because okay. it's Forgetting the Nightmare. And that, or Forgetting the Nightmare, we, we have so many things in our life, whether it is physical trauma, emotional, uh, you know, sexual, uh, you know, broken marriages, you know, different things, domestic violence and all of these things. So anyone out there that has gone through this can see that title and go, oh, wait, that's me. I need yeah. to do that. Everybody How did you come up with the idea. title? Oh, well, yeah. that's a whole story in itself. But the Reader's Digest version, I was at an altar sharing my testimony. Uh, people came down. I couldn't see the end of the line who wanted to pray with me. And I thought, Lord, what am I doing here? You know, why am I praying? Lord said to me in my heart, not audibly, said, Mark, you have a powerful testimony. And I said, and he said in my heart, you're going to write it down someday. And I reminded God that I'm a dyslexic that graduated in special ed with a third grade reading level, that I'm not an author. And he reminded me how great he is. And me and my great faith, I said, if this is really you, I was in my early 20s. It took many years to manifest, if you would, or mature. But I was in my early 20s, and I said to God at that altar, if this is really you, what will I call that book? And he said, you're going to call it Forgiving the Nightmare. Never forgot that, shared it with my family, didn't know what it was going to look like. Upon my mom's death a few years back, God started to do a work, a healing. I wanted to lose weight. Me and weight get along really well. 
I still fight it today, but I dropped over a hundred pounds and you know, I started to get healthy. And, and in that healthy, God started to really shape what was unhealthy. It wasn't just the donut. It was the reason why I was eating the donut. And it's because I had a lot of unforgiveness. And the Lord brought me on this journey, did some healing. And then he said, go write it. Go write Forgiven the Nightmare. And he just put the right people, the right team. My wife graduated college with more colors around her neck than a Christmas tree, more Latin words around her name. I graduated well, best five, four, five years of my life. So God, so God gave us that name when I was in the early 20s, in my early 20s. Wow. And it took that that time. It was almost like it needed to, uh, you know, like you can't take a, a cake out of an oven and serve it. And it needed those years of the maturity and the experiences and the, and the, and the healing and the healing upon layers and layers and layers. And I love what you said about I don't want to be come off as like it was like, hey, I got prayed for and I'm delivered and I'm free and all of that because it is a process. And we yeah. have to choose every day to forgive. And I love, you know, in the scripture, I got a revelation years ago when I was reading about, you know, Jesus talking about, you know, how many when the uh, disciples were saying, hey, how many times do we forgive? Seven? Like it's so many, right? And Jesus is yeah. like, no, seven times 70. And I For thought, sure. Well, Lord, what does that look like? Because I'm sure as heck not letting that person do that seven times 70. But he showed me that it's, it's the times that we remember that trauma, sure. that time that we remember, we take our thoughts captive. And we got to say, Lord, I choose today that to forgive them. I lay them at the altar, you know, cleanse me of that, you know, um, that heaviness because unforgiveness is heavy. It is. It is heavy. You know, and like you said, even though the seven years of the physical abuse ended at 14 because I got strong enough and my uncle defended me. But what, what took place was many more years where my abuser still had was occupying my mind and my soul. The things that he stole from me, even though he stole that flesh, he stole my dignity, my self-respect, my value, left me insecure a feeling like a failure, feeling like every time I walked in the room, I was dirt, unvaluable, un unappreciated. You know, so he helped me hate myself. So in forgiveness, not only did I have to forgive the physical things, but I had to release those lies to be, to be a healthy thing. Now I have no visions of grandeur. I'm a real guy. I got a wife and kids and I'm, you know, I'm living a real life and I got to be humbled at times too, just like anybody else. But those lies that the abuser put in lasted far more. Hear what I'm saying, because I, I know how bad the abuse can be, but lasted far more than the physical abuse. So when I say I've been set free, I've been set free not only physically, but emotionally and spiritually too. Only by the grace of God and turning to the Lord and saying, Lord, help me to forgive and be set free in your name. Well, Pastor Mark, that's so good because the reality is, is that the closer we get to God, the farther away we get from our pain. Mm. And he just really ministered to you. And uh, I absolutely am so grateful, uh, not 
not that for the abuse that you went through, but for God using it to help others. Amen. Amen. Um, because Amen. I know that if I would have ran across your book years ago, and I know it wasn't time for you to publish it yet, so it's all good. Uh, but it would have been something I would have been like, oh, my goodness. And even now that I have walked through my own forgiveness journey and continue to choose to walk through that journey and to allow the Lord to go in and heal, uh, it is always good for us to get a checkup. And to hear the testimonies, you know, in the book of Revelation, where it talks about the overcoming by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony is powerful and your testimony yes. is helping people. So I'm so incredibly grateful. And for those of you, if you're just logging on, uh, you can catch this on the replay. But we're talking to Pastor Mark about his book, Forgiving the Nightmare. And you can go to forgivingthenightmare.com. You can purchase the book. But as I said earlier, I would really encourage you to purchase more than one copy. And the reason is, is because. This is the biggest thing, okay? I have done women's retreats for years, and we would run right on schedule, you know? And, of course, we want to have the move of the spirit, but we also have a timeline that we have to stick yeah. to. <laughs> if ever there was a topic that we would get way off course during ministry time was forgiveness. I sure. got to where I had to start allowing an hour of altar time for that specific topic because it took so long because so many people are plagued with it. And we're not talking about people that don't know Jesus. We're talking about people in the church. Sure. 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 So, yeah. So it's, it's, important. it's a topic important. that we all, everybody has a nightmare. Everybody. Mine was yes. child abuse. Uh, there's addiction and death and loss and sorrow and pain and things I can't even fathom, but I, I know God can, show up and be in the mix and be in the center and he can take our messes and he can deliver us and he can set us free. I don't try to pretend I have all the answers, but if I could point some person to Jesus Christ, if I could say, listen, God could pull this guy out of the miry clay, then I know he could pull anybody out of the miry clay. I was, I feel sometimes I was the most broken, the most insignificant and the least valuable, but God's love was a plenty to me and he abides in me. And I abide in God. So we wrote this book. I'm not trying to tell you what to do. Uh, the word I get most when people read this book is that it's inspiring. It's encouraging. It's inspiring. And I want to inspire somebody to say, you know, you're not that junk. You don't have to be what the world tried to make tried to make you. You're, you're, the sum of your past doesn't have to be the promise of your future. And that brokenness does not have to be who I am. I'm no longer just an abused, messed up kid. I am now a promise and a purpose servant of the Lord. Real honest, real genuine, but God's great and God's good. So he's here for all of us today. Amen. Amen. That is so good. I'd like for you to tell the audience uh, a little bit about your your church in Massachusetts in case someone is watching from that sure. area and they're looking for a real a real pastor who talks about real issues and doesn't candy coat things and make it all pie in the sky. So where's well, your church you. at? We are in Dudley, Massachusetts. Dudley, we're right on the border of Connecticut and Massachusetts. We're in Massachusetts, but right on the border. So we say Ka and Haba and Dada. We're Red Sox fans. We're Patriot fans. But we're real people. We're blue-collar people. I just said this in church this morning. We're real people paying real bills, living real lives. But we serve an extraordinary, holy, perfect, and precious God. So, you know, if... We, if you're in the area in Massachusetts, come on down to Dudley Community Church here in Dudley, Massachusetts. We'd love to invite you to come in, 
worship with you. If you're looking for a perfect church, let me know because I want to go with it with you. But if you're looking for a real church that serves a holy God, a perfect God, we'd love to invite you to come by. So Dudley Community Church, and I'm blessed because they allow me to go out and share uh, my ministry and the church, uh, share Forgiving the Nightmare. So we're so blessed. Uh, so come and partner with us, Dudley Community Church. I love that. I love that. I love that. And he's got a beautiful wife and, and some teenage sons, right? I got one teenage son and three daughters. I got three wow. daughters and one son. That's right. Goodness, goodness, goodness. What a beautiful family. So if I'm ever in that area, I will come visit. But I don't know oh, that I, I actually have yeah. never even been to that area. So, <laughs> but I love up. the also data. <laughs> Hey, hey! remember what I told you. The chimney behind me is from 1840. That chimney was built in 1840. That's right. That's so, amazing. So much history there. Yeah, so much history up. there. Come on up. So, I absolutely love it. Well, Pastor Mark, I really want to thank you for taking the time. If you could leave the audience with a key, what would that key be? We have grace. You know, we, you know, the, we all want things done in an instant. Rome wasn't built in a day. The journey of forgiveness, uh, God forgives us in an instant, but our journey sometimes could take a while. And give yourself grace. Give yourself mercy. Be honest with God. Uh, you, you know, sometimes we want to put on our, our Christian knees, and that's okay. But just be honest with God and let the grace and the Holy Spirit lead you through this journey and know that there's good days and bad days. But God is with you. He loves you. He's a merciful, graceful God. So give yourself grace because God does. Amen. Amen. What a word. Listen, y'all can follow Pastor Mark on his Facebook page. Uh, also go to forgivingthenightmare.com. Share it with some friends, families, and uh, make sure that you take the time to allow the Lord to become big in your life. So all of that pain becomes smaller as, you know, God arises and starts to take all of that stuff from us. Uh, he, you know, I love the fact that he's so patient with us. Amen. And so Amen. gentle and kind. So, cause I know my journey took a while and I'm sure no. at times I, you know, I'm sure he was going, huh, not really, but you know, he was probably like, eventually she's going to get this. So that's right. That's right. Well, that's I want right. to thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me show you the book, Forgiven the Nightmare. Yes. Uh, we're blessed. Yes. There it is. We hope you check it out. But get in a little bit closer. I want them to see oh, okay. that cover really me, well. Huh? Right there. That's good. Forgiving the nightmare. What is your nightmare? I'm asking. What is your nightmare? What do you have to surrender to the Lord? Read this book. Let it encourage you. Let it inspire you. And allow the work of the Holy Spirit to go in there and show you what areas that maybe you need to also choose to forgive. So thank you so much, Pastor Mark. Thank you. God bless you. And thank you again for the opportunity to share my testimony. God bless. Yes, thank you. God bless you and your family. Take care. And we'll Thanks. see Bye you guys now. here next time on Keys to Your Best Life. God bless.